Welcome to the Small Business Edge 5 and 5, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Five questions, five minutes, one exciting guest. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Small Business Edge 5 and 5 podcast. You know the rules, five questions, five minutes, one expert, one topic. Today, our guest is Vijay Ramachandran, Vice President for Go-To-Market Experience at Pitney Bowes. And our discussion today will be on e-commerce and shipping. Welcome to the 5 and 5, Vijay Ramachandran. Hey, Brian. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Likewise. It's, it's my pleasure. So let's get into it. Vijay, an important part of your role is to identify market trends and insights that can lead to let's say like a faster, more cost-effective e-commerce operations, right? Better post-purchase, consumer experience, et cetera, et cetera. What are some of the key market trends and insights that you've learned over the past two years and what has been most surprising to you? It sounds so impressive when you read my job description that way, Brian. I really appreciate it. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. very flattering. Uh, so, uh, but it is true. We've been keeping our hand on the pulse. We went from an annual consumer survey model, which a lot of companies do historically uh, before the pandemic and starting in 2020, we went from, from that model, the annual model to doing weekly surveys of consumers. Mm-hmm. So we just send out like two or three questions every single week and see what the pulse is because so much has changed in those two years. So what we do know, you know, e-commerce was growing tremendously over the course of the pandemic, 2020, 2021. Um, what we see this year uh, is that e-commerce has leveled off slightly as the economy starts to open up, people go back in stores. But here's here's what's changed in those two years, right? Uh, the first is consumers who were shopping online because somebody bought them a Prime membership or uh, they, they saw some, an ad on Instagram have over the last two years come to love and enjoy shopping online. There is a significant growth of the pure enjoyment that consumers express in shopping online that didn't exist to this degree before the pandemic. So it's become a much more natural, enjoyable experience than it was a pure convenience. I mean, a drive-through at McDonald's is a convenience. It doesn't mean it's enjoyable, right? Right. And and, and so what we see now is e-commerce has gone from a convenience to being a source of joy, which is a fundamental shift in the way we think about, because, you know, when you think about like the way malls and and large chain stores were perceived before the pandemic, the joy of being able to browse products and touch and feel the products before you buy them, that was a common sentiment. And that sentiment has now bled over into the e-commerce experience of the joy of being able to go and find whatever you want and discover trip on these new products that you didn't even know existed or even knew you wanted before is a new thing. Right. So people who bought this also bought that. I, I for yeah. one, am a fan of e-commerce because it means I don't have to go into the, to the big malls, but you, and you, I do you, love you, supporting you small... Yeah. So the question, uh, a follow up to that question then is, were you talking about BoxPoll when you talk about those surveys? Yeah, that's right. That's right. BoxPoll is our our consumer and retailer research program. We have uh, about five or six different box programs. Box stands for best order experience. And so what we try to do with these different box programs is learn about what's going on in the market, how it's changing, how our attitudes towards buying products online, getting them delivered to us are changing because that's the industry we're in. We're in the shipping industry. And so understanding consumer attitudes towards shipping 
is a much more dynamic landscape now than it was uh, two years ago. So that, that I guess, will be my second question then. So do, and you po- post the results of Box Poll. How can people get access to that if they wanted yeah, to you find You can just go to pb.com. That's P as in Paul or P as in Pitney. B right. as pose.com forward slash Box Poll, B-O-X-P-O-L-L. And it'll take you straight to our site uh, where we post there. What we do is we run these surveys every week and we po- post the best findings, most interesting findings once a month. Mm-hmm. on our site. And then when we work with our clients, what we actually do is leverage this program as an on-demand research tool on behalf of our clients. So they come to us with questions and we go and push those questions out to consumers, get the answers back within a week. And then if it's if it's interesting to a broader audience, we'll publish the material online. So if anyone wants to work with us, you get access to even more of the data than, than what we publish publicly. I love that. I love that. And I've actually seen it on on LinkedIn. I've seen the box polls results. And I think it's phenomenal, especially as business owners travel through uncharted waters. It's important to know what other people are thinking and what the sentiment is out there. So that's excellent. All right. So that was my second question. Let me get to my third question then. So what are the three, let's say two or three most important aspects of e-commerce logistics which companies should focus on to improve e-commerce operations? So it kind of comes down to what kind of product do you sell, mm-hmm. right? So if, if you look at the different types of products out there, there are what you might call differentiated products where you can't get the same product from any other brand than you, mm-hmm. right? That's one category. You might think of like someone like an Allbirds, right? Very sustainable running shoes, I love uh, all birds. Using, <laughs> using tree fibers. There aren't that many or very many, if any, other brands that make the, the, the products that they do using the sustainable methods that they use. Right. And so that's a differentiated product. Now, what Allbirds is able to do as a result is they don't have to spend as much money on subsidizing the cost of shipping or to only offer the fastest shipping method, which happens to be the most expensive. They don't have to go spend money on those things because people, consumers are coming to them because of the product. And you can't yeah. get that product in, in very many other places. Now they're expanding to Nordstrom and a few other places now because they've gotten so big. Yeah. For most brands out there, if you've got a differentiated product, you don't have to, to spend an arm and a leg on the shipping and the logistics. Mm-hmm. So that's, I would say that's, that's one aspect, right? Um, is it, it, This differentiating. But if you don't have, you sell something that's more like what your competitors sell. It's more yeah. of a commodity. What you are competing on is the experience, the convenience of purchasing that product. That's, that's your differentiation. It's either the product or it's the way you buy the product. Those are the only two forms of differentiation. In wow. Right? That's and a great if, point. If you sell a commodity or something close to a commodity, then everything about that ordering and delivery and returns experience is what matters. And so that's where you have to put all your investment because the product is not in and of itself differentiated. Right. Wow. That's a really good point. And, and you're 100% right. It's, it's kind of like I, I did buy into that Old Birds brand uh, and I you know, tried my first pair on and I'm like, all right, I'm hooked. And I think I have four now. 
And I'm not yeah. a huge shoe guy. So no, that, I, that's I a, have like two pairs of shoes and they're both Allbirds. And I don't yeah. know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that really is interesting. Uh, all right. Question number four. What are, what are the benefits to businesses? You know, we talk about using multiple carriers, right, for shipping. Uh, so what are some of the benefits that that businesses get out of uh, the using multiple carriers? And then what kind of shift in multi-carrier usage have you seen as a result of increased shipping volume during the pandemic? Well, let me, let me start with a little bit of a, a reset on where we've come in the carrier market over the last couple of years. Right. The, the, the first thing, if, if you think about it, um, 2020, the big challenge was there were so many online sales that carriers ran out of capacity, right? Capacity constraints. You had UPS and you had FedEx and you had others ha- having to put uh, uh, caps on their customers because they couldn't handle the volumes. That was true across the entire industry. 2021 rolls around and the, and the challenge, the bottleneck is not last mile capacity. The bottleneck is your inbound supply chain at the ports. Product was not getting in. There were inventory shortages everywhere. Now this year, the shift is back to last mile because what has really come to the fore as the constraint or the bottleneck is the cost of fuel. And that's driving up the cost of delivery, residential delivery to people's homes, because that takes a lot of miles, a lot of a lot of gas to, to run those routes. Um, and so as a result, what you see is this sort of accordion effect in the industry of is it last mile? Is it first mile? Is it inbound? Is it outbound? Where are the constraints? You have to, in order to de-risk this situation, you kind of have to have multiple partners you're working with because these constraints keep moving to, it's almost like if you imagine a, a balloon, you're squeezing one side, the other side expands, and you squeeze the opposite side and the first side expands. And that's kind of what's happening here. And without that redundancy in your in your carrier portfolio, you're going to have a lot of risk that you're inviting as one side expands and the other one contracts. Now, I will say what has also changed is consumer behaviors or expectations. We ask in our consumer research and our box ball research, how do consumers define fast delivery? What does that mean to you, fast delivery? When I say fast, how many days does that fast take? And when we asked this question in 2019, it was about two days. Why? Because of Amazon Prime two days, right? Everybody kind of assumes fast equals Amazon Prime equals two days. And then you get into 2020, the pandemic, even Amazon was backed up. They had capacity constraints. The definition of fast from consumers shot up to four days, four days within this one year, right? From 2019 to 2020. Then in 2021, it, it stayed at that level because of inbound supply chain disruption. Products were backordered. And so fast was still at about four days, for much of 20, early, especially the first half of 2021, and into the peak as well. Today, that has started to shift back to the 2019 level, but we're not quite there yet. We're definition of fast today is about three days. Three days. It's not. It's a full day behind where we were in 2019. Now, what that means is that over the course, I, I talked about the the contraction and expansion of different bottlenecks. In, in, the, in the industry, and I talked about you know, kind of the speed expectations. What that's meant is that there's been a tremendous amount of investment, venture capital investment in last mile logistics, last mile delivery. You, you've seen more startups come into the market in the last two years than the last 20 years in this industry. Wow. Now you have more choices than ever. Now, so now you got to figure out where are your bottlenecks? How fast can you deliver? 
How fast do you need to deliver based on who your customer is and what their expectations are and which carrier has the best mix? You've got so many options. Now, the problem with so many options is it creates a bunch of complexity. You got to figure out who's got the best rates, who's most reliable. And that complexity can be hard to manage. A lot of companies, a lot of brands don't have the bench strength, the bandwidth to go and add that complexity. And so they're very hesitant. But the, the cost of that is further risk. If fuel costs go up even further, if there are other port congestion issues or if there are other constraint issues, labor for truck drivers is a, is a constraint. Continues yeah. to be a constraint because the unemployment rate is so low. These things affect how or affect you, especially if you only have one carrier that you're working with. Yeah. Wow. You know what? It's amazing how everything has just changed over the last two years. Uh, you know, from that consumer demand, I really think that businesses created that, you know, I need to have this in the next 10 minutes. I don't think that consumers ever really felt that way, but it, it was given to them by businesses that, that said, hey, we can get it to you faster. And then they had to figure out a way to get it because that was kind of like one unique selling proposition, right? That's going to differentiate us from everybody else especially driven by Amazon, right? I mentioned yes. that the, the commodity product retailer is going to be the one that focuses on speed of delivery because the right. product is not differentiated. If you look at Amazon, increasingly, they don't even sell their own products, right? So it's marketplace right. mostly, which means that every product on there has a replacement. It's a commodity because right. you can buy it anywhere else. It's a marketplace. Right. And, and that means that Amazon is laser focused on speed of delivery and convenience because right. that's the only differentiation of their service. Every product can be found anywhere else. Great point. Great point. All right. Last question. So I want you to kind of look ahead a little bit to the second half of 2022. What advice would you give to companies, in particular, small and mid-sized companies about shipping, you know, especially for the upcoming holiday season? Yeah, I would say the first one is right now there's this bullwhip effect happening in supply chain where uh, companies ordered a lot going into the peak season last year. That product, for the most part, didn't show up until early part of this year. And so it's out of season now. Right. Yeah. Now you're stuck with a bunch of inventory for what was meant to be last holiday season. And now you've got it in your warehouses for this holiday. Now, going into the next holiday peak, you've got to use inventory scarcity to your advantage. Do product drops, limited limited time drops where you only have a product available for a certain amount of time. Put out notifications and say, we only have two or three of these items left. Create scarcity to drive up urgency with demand, right? That is key because you can't control scarcity, but you can use it to your advantage to sell more, right? So that's one. And, and sell at full price so you don't have to discount, right? Because scarcity drives up the premium. The right. second is... Consumers are now busier than ever before. If you asked me in 2020, I'd say consumers had all the time in the world because they were sitting at home on Zoom, right? Yeah. That's what they were doing. And now they're working hybrid. They got kids running around to activities like they never have before. They're traveling even more than they have in the uh, past two years combined. Consumers are busy, which means you have to be very uh, over communicative about when a package is going to be delivered. You don't want it to be, what we found out is that half of consumers think it's an annoyance that a package gets delivered early, early, right? Wow. This is something wow. that Amazon wow. does very often because they sandbag their estimated delivery dates, right? They'll tell you it's going to show up in two days. It shows up uh, tomorrow, 
Yeah. Right? And yeah. The problem is if I'm busy and I'm not going to be home, that package is sitting on my front porch or in my mail room for a whole day when I, when I couldn't be home. And when you told me it was going to be there on Friday and it shows up on Thursday, it could get stolen, right? right. It could disappear. And that's an annoyance. So you want to over communicate on accurate delivery dates and consumers. Actually, if, if you, uh, what we found from our surveys is if you provide an updated estimated delivery date, if the delivery date changes 50% or almost like 48% of consumers will recommend your brand to their friends and family just on the back of that updated delivery date. That's, wow. keep in mind, the delivery date changed. It's it's late, the delivery is late. <laughs> and yeah. you're providing an updated delivery and you'll still get the recommendations because you provide that transparency. So that's the second thing. I would say the, the third thing is back to the differentiation, right? Don't overinvest in fast shipping if you've got a differentiated product. If you have a commodity product, focus on things like the unboxing experience, the tracking experience. I mean, regardless, everybody should have a really good tracking experience. I think companies with pro- products that are differentiated can get away with less mm-hmm. than companies that have more commodity products. That's great advice. I think that's fantastic. I think that uh, our listeners are going to be reviewing this five and five podcast over and over again as they gear up for the second half of the year. So thank you very much. And Real quick, how can they get access to that box polling? Oh, you said pb.com forward slash box poll. Yep, that's right. Pitney okay. Bowes or peanutbutter.com, pb.com slash box poll. That's right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, this is great. BJ, thank you so much for being our guest on this month's five and five podcast. And uh, I would love to keep in touch because you are a great resource for business owners as we certainly head towards the holiday season. So, uh, maybe we Thanks, can. Do- Brian, I appreciate it. This is a. This has been the the most enjoyable five or a few more minutes that, that I've had all day. I really appreciate it. I know I'm lying to my audience, but I don't think they care. As long as it's good content, they don't care. They're like, if all right, made this-, it this far, you don't care how long the time. Right. Ah, the hell with it. I'm in. I'm in. BJ's good. All right. Well, thank you very much, and and to our listeners, thank you as always for your feedback, your suggestions and uh, your comments. Uh, We appreciate them very much. And join us next week for another edition of the Small Business Edge podcast. Take care, everybody. BJ, thank you. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Edge 5 and 5, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. To find more podcasts, just visit smallbusinessedge.com. Join us next time for more 5 and 5.